1: In my dreams, in
2: my dreams, I'm like the way it's supposed to be. Alright, Monty and the Pharaoh, happy leap day. With our super producer here, Mr. Stephen Miller. What's up there, Stephen? Hey-o. And it is a leap day, isn't it? Am I in the right uh, universe right now? Yes. Excellent, excellent. Uh, before we get to our esteemed guest this fine morning, I want to uh, mention our sponsors as we are quite grateful for the following folks here at Monty and the Pharaoh uh, Seatslink. You can get him at seatslink.com for all your sporting concert events. APB Security at APB.com. Jeff Quest. For your graphic designer needs, we also want to mention QuickCast, uh, QuickCast.com, uh, Verona Worldwide Logistics, Off the Rails Coffee Roaster for all your coffee needs, our buddy over in uh, out east, in a Dumpster Rental of Long Island, of course, and uh, finally, uh, not last, certainly not least, of course, Realty Photo Express. Ladies and gentlemen, we are once again very lucky to uh, add another fine, fine legend to our resume this morning. I would like to introduce our very esteemed guest next to me to my left. Uh, born Terry Scott Schopinski, March 28th, 1962. Oh, I got a birthday coming up, huh? Yeah, I do. Nice. Uh, born out in, uh, if I'm not seeing this right, sorry folks, but as usual, the pharaoh does not have his glasses. Pompano Beach, Florida, if I'm saying that right. Uh-huh. What was that, Pompano?
1: Pompano. Thank
2: you, Eric. As usual, Eric, making sure I'm standing up straight as I fall down. Uh, I'm also born in Florida, by the way. So I guess Florida's got it half right. No, actually, Uh, I wasn't born in Florida. I was actually born in Madison, Wisconsin. Why is this thing lying to me? (laughs) That's not right. Where were you born? Madison, Wisconsin. Oh, nice. Okay. So, what's with the Florida connection here? Is there a Florida connection? Or uh, somebody much... invaded your Wikipedia
0: page. No, I. Uh,
2: <laughs> I just kind of moved down there, stay a little warmer these okay, days. Okay. Okay. Build, folks, at six foot five, three twenty three. That's kind of light. I was really? actually about between three thirty and three forty. My oh, biggest man. Oh man. All righty. Uh, the one major belt I would like to mention was he is. Uh, One-third of the former NWA uh, six-man tag team champions with the great Ivan Koloff and, of course, his partner, the Barbarian. Folks, you know him from the NWA. You know him from the WWF days. Ladies and gentlemen, one half of the powers of pain, this is the Warlord. Morning, everybody. Thanks for having us uh, here uh, today, my fine friend. First thing I want to ask you is, uh, where does it start for you? Are you a fan of wrestling growing up?
0: I actually watched the old AWA when I lived in Minnesota, and I uh, used to have Billy Robinson, Nick Bockwinkel. I watched him, um, a whole bunch of those guys back then, and uh, it just interests me a lot. Plus, I amateur wrestled when I was young.
2: I was actually a four-time uh, national AAU champion when I was young. Okay. Uh, who was your favorite, personal favorite in AWA? How old were you when you first tuned in? Uh, probably about nine, ten years old. Okay. Who was it that gra- you gravitated to right away? Did you did you prefer the bad guys or the good guys?
0: Uh, Good guys. I actually liked uh, Billy Robinson a lot back then. Billy there.
2: Robinson? And I
0: actually liked uh, Greg Gagne.
2: Greg um, Gagne? And and when, you when, wanted to choke, Buck Winkle.
0: Yeah, and when okay. uh, Vern Gagne mm-hmm. would come out, too. Okay,
2: okay. Anybody you patterned yourself after as you started to get into the thoughts of... Be- well, how about the conversion from amateur to professional? Did you start thinking about that? Like, who do I want to... Pattern myself after in the ring? Not when I was that young yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Okay, so how do you break into the biz after the uh, success being an amateur wrestler? How's that happen?
0: It was actually, uh, just got done uh, college and uh, training at a gym in Minnesota, okay. and that's where uh, Animal and uh, Hawk of the Road Warriors used to train, and it was actually Animal that came up to me and talked to me and said, brother, you're big, man, you should get in our business, you should get into wrestling.
2: So there was a connection right away with that team that you always were compared to inevitably. Do you find that ironic? Yeah, a little bit of that. Uh, okay.
0: You know, like I said, for them, it's kind of neat following the biggest and the greatest tag team of all time, which is the Road Warriors. Right, right. How do you come up with the name of the Warlord? Animal. <laughs> we were sitting around a gym. He said, man, we need a name. We just started cracking up names, and it came down, and
2: Warlord sounded great. So he basically suggested you get into the biz or did you you know, push a little bit to get into the biz?
0: You know, I thought about it, but I really, you know, I wasn't going forward with it and Animal's really the one push me into it. Okay. Thoughts on Dusty Rhodes? I love Dusty. I mean, the guy, the guy wasn't, I mean, listen, for a guy that wasn't a great looking guy, didn't have a great body or anything else, he had probably the best charisma that ever was in the business. He was a working man's man. He knew how to get the people behind him, and he's the best ever was at doing that.
2: He's the one who basically helps get you going in the beginning?
0: Yeah, he gave me the start. Uh, Animal actually brought down some pictures of I me. Mean, they were god-awful pictures. <laughs> and um, <laughs> Dusty looked at him, and Dusty said, I like it. I want you to bring him down, and I get a call from Animal, and a week later I'm heading down to Charlotte, North Carolina, an old beat-up sunbird.
2: What? What was it like for you when you first got into the locker room? Was it an easy transition? Were people difficult towards you? Did you have it? You're, you're a pretty big guy. Was it a little bit easier, do you think? Or, or did people bust your balls when you were first coming in?
0: Not really. The guys, the guys are pretty cool about everything and that stuff. Um, even the older guys, I don't even know they're thinking that you could take their job. But, you know, it was, um, I want to say, they... Put a little scare into you by just saying, hey, kid, don't worry about it. If you make a mistake out there, you got 2,500 people watching, ten. you got all those millions at home, so don't worry about it. By that time, you're going to the bathroom about 10 times before you even go into your match.
2: Oh, how, what was your biggest crowd as an amateur in front of? Um, amateur? Amateur
0: was, I mean, you had so many different matches going on, and... There's matches and all these different mats going on everywhere. Okay. But,
1: I
2: mean, I'm talking nationals where you got, you know, thousands of people in the stands watching. So you did have that experience before you got to the pros of at least wrestling in front of a large crowd. I know it's a different form of competition, yeah. but was, so you had. Yeah, the same thing as also, you know, when I played football in college and all that, you know. Okay, of um, course, of in course. in of crowds. Of course, of course. Thoughts on when you first come across Ivan Koloff? Oh, Ivan was a machine. <laughs> Ivan was incredible. He,
0: he helped me so much and showed me... So much of the business in that. Um, I mean, you put him out there. I could go, you could do a match for an hour. I could, I even still at his age, at that time, could go an hour match and not even hardly breathe. He was incredible.
2: Do you feel that he should have been put in the Hall of Fame? Of
0: course I even should have been in the Hall of Fame. What is is your
2: thoughts on the WWE Hall of Fame since there's not even a physical building? It's,
0: you know, it's nice having a Hall of Fame to appreciate the guys. But the problem is it's not like football or baseball where it's actually just the people from the sport. I mean, you got like Mike Tyson, which, you know, Mike Tyson's a great person. Okay. And you got some comedians, which, you know, they only put on tights one time and go out there, and here's other guys going out there, they're giving their hearts, their souls, their blood, their sweat, their entire lives to... To make the business their best there is.
2: Mm-hmm. And they're not even in the Hall of Fame. Do you feel like the bar's been lowered when you see certain guys getting in? Because there are certain guys getting in that look, everyone's gonna scratch their head from time to time on a certain selection. Do you do you feel like they're lowering the bar and, and ignoring guys look ignoring guys like Koloff is clearly ignoring the top tier. Well, look at a couple other guys. Look at uh look at demolition. Oh my god, the start. They should have been okay. Look at <laughs> British Bulldog,
0: Davey Boy Smith that I wrestled oh, so much. Right. I mean, there's a guy that should have been in the first the first day. Right. And that. I mean, th- right. there's there's a bunch out there and that stuff that deserve it so so much, you know. Strangely
2: and enough, it still seems like it's it, it's valid even without the physical building. Is that wrong for me to think or do, do I mean, it's it's valid, but it's it's tainted. It's tainted. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. How about Paul Jones? Because at the time that you were with Koloff, I do believe Paul Jones was was also involved with you. Uh, thoughts on Paul Jones? Who I think has gone under the radar somewhat in the sands of time. Any thoughts on Paul Jones? You no, know, Paul,
0: Jones, Paul Jones was a great person too, and that's so a nice. Uh, he was a great talker. He mm-hmm. knew his uh, he knew his persona very well in that, mm-hmm. and uh, you know he he helped barbed me a lot by uh, when we got started in that behind the scenes and all that.
2: Did you suspect that you were ultimately headed for tag team uh, action when you were breaking in or were you thinking individual?
0: You know, I really didn't think about it at the time. I was just trying to get down my my uh, persona, my character. And it just happened one day that uh, Barb, Barbarian and me came together and we just hit it off beautiful. How did you meet? Um, NWA. Um, okay. We had actually wrestled each other a couple times. <laughs> They're pretty brutal matches. I was agreeing. <laughs> I uh, kind of. Who went, was the good guy? Uh, actually,
2: actually it was me. But I really? was. I was. I was a really? stiffy That's so time. lovable. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I was a stiffy it. at that time. Okay.
3: But uh, okay. We How? actually we
0: actually got together and um, just our the way we were our look went together. Our uh, the way we worked went together. And um, we just hit it off really well.
2: Nice. So how quickly do you wind up becoming a tag team after you meet? Right afterwards. Right afterwards. Because at that
0: time, NWA had nothing going on. And the, whose the, idea was this, please? Uh, it was actually uh, actually animals again. <laughs> wow. This <laughs> is weird. Because he said there's absolutely nobody in the world that's going to ever take us down. Nobody's bigger or stronger than we are. And you guys are bigger stronger than we are, Mm. and it's believable.
2: Mm -hmm. It was believable. How about when you get your first uh, major strap? And in my mind, you you guys, I got to go on record. I am so annoyed. I was a fan of the team. I don't understand. Well, maybe we'll get to this. I don't understand why the belts were not put on you guys in in both companies, but maybe we'll explore that a little bit. How about when you do get a strap, when you get the six-man NWA world title, and you, you don't just hold it with your partner, you hold it with Koloff, Thoughts on getting a title, how important is it to a wrestler?
0: Oh, it's great. Having a title is great. Um, it means you're doing something right. Um, plus, also, you know, just being with, with Ivan and Barbaria, you know, and actually, you know, being the Road Warriors and uh, uh, Paul Ehring at that time and Dusty Rhodes, whoever was in there at the time. I mean, it was it was incredible. It felt great. Dynamic difference between a regular tag
2: team match and a six-man
0: uh, six man are just so many so many components going on. So many so many different you know, tag team. Uh, it's like I say, it's two extra people. That's what really comes in. You got two extra components out there you can use in the ring, and you can do so many different things with it. I mean, a couple guys can be outside the ring doing something. You got some guys inside. You got people all
2: over the place. It's um, it's exciting. Are you surprised to see the popularity of the see? Back in the day, the six man was actually somewhat of an oddity. Are you surprised to see it's success today? Because now this is all we see. Yeah. Or it seems like that. All we see are six-man tags. Yeah, I think the only they have with the six-man tags today. What they do, is none of the guys
0: make any sense going together. At our time, if you look at the guys going together, they all went together very well. I mean, just the, the tag, you brought the extra person, and everything just clicked together perfect. Today, just kind of throw everybody together now.
2: Storyline quality. In your day, compared to today, if you are even watching today, the pro—are you watching today's product? By the way, no, you have not any? too much anymore, right? No. Thoughts on the way the business has changed as far as the way they write and the way they present it? Well, first of all, you know the writers are not in the business and that stuff. You know they're outside the business.
0: Um, you know, Dusty was one of the few that was a writer inside the business when he was alive and that. You know, um, but you know we we told stories. We built something up where it didn't just go for a month and boom, you know, out the door. We built something up for three months, six months, almost a year sometimes where you just developed that storyline. So when it punched out at the end, it meant something. You know, today, you know, I, a lot of times, you know, I've watched it a couple times. You can't tell who's even the baby face or the heel anymore because everybody's trying to outdo each other in the biggest move out there. And how many DDTs can you have in a match? Um, how many, uh, I mean, just different big, I mean, these big moves these guys are doing, these guys are kicking out. I don't understand. I mean, what do you use for finishes anymore? I mean, it's crazy.
2: I've seen traditional finishes start matches.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. There
0: goes
2: another 20 minutes after yeah. he should have been done 20 minutes yeah. ago. And like
0: I say, you give somebody a DDT, you get up and that guy's up before you're up. Right. It's like, what does that mean? What's I mean?
2: on the smaller guy nowadays being... Well, Able to do things that only we read about yeah. in Superman comics. Yeah. Any any thoughts on when you see a smaller, like, 190-pound dude pinning a 330 mammoth? Because he did a cartwheel and then bounced yeah, off the it's, ceiling. It's he- just
0: the way the business is going now. <laughs> it, it, it's unfortunate, you know, because in my time, we were larger-life really? cartoon characters. That's right. exactly what we were. Right. We were real-life cartoon characters. Right. And right. guys that could move, that could do it. They were so strong. Right. Right. And today... It's not. Right. It's not there no more. You got 170, 180, 190. Like you say, 170, 190 pound guys now. Right. I mean, they're doing these moves are wild looking. Right. But what do they mean if you don't beat a guy with it? Mm-hmm. What does it really mean?
2: Mm-hmm. Thoughts on? And I'm not sure if you're aware, since you told me you don't watch the current product. They put the belt on Goldberg just a few days ago. Vince is, You know, he's WWE champion now, and the internet is having an absolute meltdown. So I ask you this, is it wrong of me, maybe I've been watching wrestling too long, maybe I'm from your day, you know, is it wrong of me to go to myself, wow, you're really going to get on your keyboard, and you're going to say that this guy's old, but if he walked into your local bar, you're going to fight that guy? Are you out of your mind? That is one juiced up, and I don't, well, who knows, but there's one big boy, I mean, doesn't that have any validity in today's world anymore? I mean, this is a huge guy. Who I would not go near in a bar if he looked. Uh, I wouldn't go near him if he looked happy. Yeah. So what is with the keyboard nowadays and the um, lack of perception on the big man is something? did this something going
0: amiss along the way? No, or? it's just the young, the young, it's a young generation now.
2: Okay. They've changed. Um, listen, Goldberg can carry that company. Yeah, absolutely. He can I carry. Thought the, was, yep. I thought it was a great business WrestleMania is coming. Yep. He's he's money. Yep. Brock awesome. Lesnar. He has yes,
0: money. Brock's money is lesser. What Man, do you think when Brock goes back between UFC and, and, and WWE? He draws the biggest numbers there are. Right? Why? There's a right. reason. Right. Goldberg would be the same way. Right. Goldberg draws numbers. Right. He's first of all, he looks in great. Mm-hmm. He's he could talk great. He's, he's gotten, gotten and still perform. You know at, weird, a gotten, great at a great level. He's
2: gotten better on the mic since he yeah. came back. Now, in the, back in the day, he didn't talk. Let's let's you know. Let's be real. When he was in you know WCW, he wasn't. He didn't say anything. Otherwise, your next man. You know. <laughs> but now he is talking. Yeah. No, he's he's gotten a lot better. Yeah. He's good for business. And when I see John Cena, I don't go, oh, no, not again. I go, of course, this guy, he's good for business. People that's tune right. in when John Cena. And Cena's, the young kids love
3: John Cena. They
2: do. They, they follow John Cena. They do. They do. I think, and I think it gets lost, too. I don't know how you feel about it, but some traditionalists are, are still so stuck in 1985, and that's cool, it's fine. I get that, but recently Edge came back. Edge is not from the nineties. He's actually he's from the late nineties into the into the ruthless aggression. The fans went nuts. Yep. There are younger fans who that's their hero. Yes, you know. Oh yes. And Oops. Edge is not in that, but Edge is a great wrestler. Oh, he's fantastic! And I'm thrilled he's back. What a great story that is. Listen,
0: Vince needs some of those older guys come back yeah. that can still perform the and absolute, do well.
2: Absolutely. He needs, those are names.
0: I mean, Goldberg's a, a huge name. Edge, huge name, mm-hmm. and they're all money in the bank. How about Randy Orton, the machine that never stops? Randy Orton's great. Look, yeah. look at his dad. His dad, Cowboy Bob Orton, was incredible. Right. Randy's just a mold in the same thing. That's an incredible athlete, right. I've, I've, and he can work with. Anybody
2: out there. Thank you. Underrated a little bit? Underrated. Under, how about underappreciated a little bit? Fair? A little bit of both. <sighs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So what's the deal here, bro? Uh vacated the NWA world, uh, you know, six-man belts over pro- proposed scaffold matches? <laughs> what what happened there? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what happened
0: there. The the whole thing behind that is at that time we were getting ready to do those scaffold matches. And we already knew we were going to be the ones falling off that scaffold. Road warriors ain't going to fall off that from thirty feet up. We're going to get hurt sometime <laughs> sooner or later. It's going to happen.
2: Well, nothing with that. We
0: got a barbarian. Got a call from Grizzly Adams, which was Jake the Snake's dad at oh. that time, at his house, and he called me up on a Thursday, and we were off that Friday, but Saturday we had to be in Baltimore. He calls me up that Thursday, said in his way Barb talks, Getty, We have a. I got a call tonight from Grizzly Adams, WWF. They want us to fly us up tomorrow morning to uh, uh, Atlanta from Charlotte. Okay, well, let's go. Let's let's fine. So we take off the next morning. Plane tickets are at right the airport. Get there. Get to Atlanta. Limo waiting. Go ahead. And take us to the big hotel by the airport. Go upstairs. Have a key there. Open up the door. Inside the room, send Pat Patterson, Hulk Hogan, and Vince McMahon. Oh, Holy trifecta! <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we sit down. They go through this whole spiel. Now, Barb didn't talk much at that time. So Barb goes, at the end, they go, what do you think, and Barb looks him and goes, when do we start? I'm like, I'm looking at Barb, when do we start? We want you to start Monday. This is a Friday now. Wow. And they want to start on a Monday. So I'm like, "Mm, okay, Barb, that's what you want to do. So we have to go back to Charlotte now because we have to fly to Baltimore the next day. And this, this is funny, what happens here. We get to Baltimore. We're doing a six-man for our belts that night. So we go out there, and animal was still hurt at that time. Supposedly. Okay? okay, Because he, he cracked his eye socket is what had happened. Okay. Um, stupid move I did that done a million times, I guess just our size. It was just too much for that move. And my shoulder blade went into his eye socket. Um, broke his eye socket. So we're going to Baltimore. We get there, and... Uh, get out to the ring with Ivan, and out comes uh, uh, Hawk with Dusty Rhodes and Paul and his phone in for So we go through the thing, and right as we're getting ready to start, all of a sudden, Road Warriors music comes back on, it was Barbarian and uh, Hawk getting ready to start. So we stop, I'm saying, well, come your music's coming back on? All of a sudden, here comes Animal with a hockey mask on, with this spider on hockey mask. Mm -hmm. He gets in the ring. He go people are now people are going crazy. Wow. he tags Hawk to start with Barb. They circle, they're about ready to start. He stops. He rips that mask off. He had his face painted underneath that with the with the spider now. He took that mask and threw it to the crowd. We had to sit there for about fifteen minutes. They were fighting for that mask. <laughs> I mean, literally fighting Chaos. to get that mask. Chaos. So, get through the match. We get disqualified, but you have to get beat, so we got to throw the belts. Get to the back, and uh, that's when uh, Barb looked at Dusty. Said, "Dusty, thank you." But he says, "We leave. This is our last show. We leave uh, Monday for WWF." And that's how Barb did it. Was Dusty upset? His mouth kind of hit the crowd a little bit. But uh, how can you be? Animal just came over. Animal says, "Shook our hands. Said, guys, perfect.' Because you guys are going to fall off the scaffolds every night,
2: and we knew that. We knew that. Wow. So it was. It was a good move. Let's just get it." You've been talking about them, obviously, major reason why you're sitting next to me. Thoughts on the greatest tag team in the world, the Road Warriors? Road Warriors, I mean, they're, they're incredible. Listen, the guys, There's,
0: they changed tag team wrestling. When they came out with those spikes, the painted faces, as big as they were, and just came out and destroyed anything in their path. No one had ever seen anything like that. Guys have seen big tag teams, but not like that. You know, same as Hogan. Hogan was the first big man at 300 pounds that sold. He crawled on the ground. When do you see a 300-pound man built the way he's crawling on the ground and got the sympathy of the people at 300 pounds?
2: Is Hulk Hogan the most important wrestler that's ever been in this business? Yes. Yes, I believe so.
0: And also Ric Flair, he changed around wrestling as far as doing everything. I mean, he could talk. He had charisma. I mean, he could work just... you could put him in a match for two hours a night. He could do it two hours a night.
2: Unfair question. Compare Hogan to San Martino. Unfair. I know. Try. Try. <laughs> they are two different errors. Bruno was a, Bruno was a uh, as far as tradi- uh,
0: traditional wrestler, incredible. Incredible. Hogan, as far as entertainment wrestler, incredible. Incredible what he did.
2: Was there any teaching behind the scenes back in the day on character? Obviously, there was tips being given at the locker room, Yo, do it this way, do it that way, be careful, turn your head this way. That's obvious. Was there any uh, tips to you about your character? Pretty much they didn't They didn't care. Pretty much,
0: we were lucky at that time because we got to go to different territories, and we got to develop our character in every single territory. Okay. So by the time you got to the WWF, you could work with any kind of character, any kind of style that there was in the ring. You didn't come out of developmental school, we learned from the same person how to talk, how to walk, how to go ahead and, and, and perform, how to do everything, you know? We gotta go to territories and learn.
2: Company philosophies though between NWA and WWE and also television product approach and final product of the fan store. So clearly different, so there had to be some sort of shock as you came into WWE perhaps. It was it was nine days. Listen, production in WWE was
0: great, but it was still more towards a traditional wrestling. Okay. WWF was glitz and glamour. That's mm-hmm. what was, lights. Lights. Mm-hmm. The, the, uh, um, the, the outfits the guys wore. Everything. It was, just, it was glitz and glamour. I actually saw it for the first time when I was in college, when it came on cable TV. And I look and I said, wow, that is, <laughs> that, that, they're from another world. That's unbelievable. Here I'm watching, you know, that's when I watched Jimmy Snuka back then. I was watching the British Bulldogs back then. I mean, it was just night and day between the two of them. It was like the difference back then between, uh, you know, when WWE was taking on the uh, WCW at the time. You know, two different worlds at the time.
2: As a fan of Powers of Pain, I was frustrated for you, but now that I have you next to me, were you frustrated being in the shadow of the Road Warriors? I mean... Not a bit. Not Not, not a at bit, all. because it's
0: an honor being... It's an honor being just, you know, right with them. I mean, also being the first tag team to actually put them on the ground. We were the first tag team to ever put those guys out in that bench press contest. You know, no one had ever done like that to the Road Warriors. No one even touched the Road Warriors at that time.
2: Frustration over never getting the belts? Because, again, I'm speaking as a fan.
0: Uh, yeah, I think we deserved them at the time, but I also understand it was business. As you get older, you understand all that. Preference, healer face? At you the know, end it, of the day? It really doesn't matter to me. If you want to sell merchandise, be a face.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: all right.
2: Be a face. How about, how about after, after Austin kind of like turned the whole behavioral thing the, and, you know, faces could even act like bad guys. Uh, do you think the value of a bad guy has increased over the years? I, I think so. Oh, yeah.
0: Listen, okay. Austin, Austin at that time when, when, when WCW was so hot mm. and taking all the ratings, mm. Austin's the one that saved that company by what he did and what he did out there. Uh-huh. I mean, doing the 316, doing all this, he saved that company.
2: Uh-huh. How about uh, thoughts on
0: Baron Von Raschke? Oh, Baron, like I said, I watched him in AWA too when I was in uh, Minnesota as a kid. Um, Baron was great, you know, very quiet man. But, you know, look what he didn't ring. Really. He didn't have to do much. He did the stomp, he put the big claw on. I mean, he didn't have to do a whole lot. But what he did, he did great.
2: Have a call off over to him by any chance? Because they both struck me so similar on camera. Was their presence very similar yes, in real life very similar. Lock-up. That's interesting. Yes, very similar. Okay, how about your memories of Survivor Series coming to the aid of the great Mister Fuji after uh, defeating Demolition's team? Uh, you know, of course, Demolition goes and turns heel, yeah. and out of nowhere there you are saving. Uh, Mr. Fuji, the great Mr. Fuji. Yeah. Any uh, thoughts on that? that? Was a major, major, major moment there. You know, the funny thing about that, I mean, and that, that was, yeah, and that was
0: great because we that, got to work with so awesome. many talented yeah. tag teams in in one ring and put out such a great show. And to come out of it with the uh, demolition at the end, and to take Fuji. The problem is that we had, is everybody thought that Fuji turned babyface with us,
2: mm-hmm.
0: so when we got done, people were cheering us and loving us <laughs> so as we're carrying Fuji on our shoulders <laughs> out of breath dying going to walk them all the way to the back on our shoulders. Right. But it took a long time to have the people turn us heels. We actually had to go out every night and after our match we'd have to go run to the ring and pound some babyface real bad. Do something real big to start having people start realizing we're, we're heels not baby
2: yeah, You know, it's bizarre. I was thinking though i give it Gotta give Mr. Fuji a lot of credit for all the heel heat he had built up to that point over all those years because this didn't really work. Ah, go ahead, beat his ass. He's such a bad guy anyway. Get a load of this. You gotta, like, make up for his... Look uh, what he had,
0: man. Don Rocco for a long time. (laughs) Yeah. He was in that tag for a long time. Yeah, Yeah. Um, You know, he had demolition for a long time. Mm -hmm. I mean, he always... And he was very good at what he did. I'm I'm from the days of Fuji and Saido. Fuji, Fuji was a very, very smart man in this business.
2: If he liked it, he loved it. If he didn't... What he just, is, was he uh, as was he as wacky as I've heard? I mean, did he, when he when he took a rib out on somebody, was it as legendary as I've heard? He was yeah, pretty. Uh, it was. So yeah. he had his haters then, obviously. Oh, but <laughs> I just saying, Fuji, like I say, right? Fuji's mean. If Fuji liked if, if okay. Fuji liked you, he loved you. Okay. If he
0: didn't, hide.
2: Right.
0: That's basically the way it was. Right. Because if he'd find you, something's going to happen. Right.
2: Right. Thoughts on my my personal, no offense. My my personal favorite all time tag team is Demolition. Thoughts on Demolition. Great tag team, two of them went together. Great. Uh, Why you know, are they not in the hall? With the is that because of the lawsuit? Or it's uh, yeah. I, I, we hold were on right. a second. Did you ever? Were you involved with that? Yeah, you were involved yeah, we with were. that. Okay. Listen, okay. a lot of the
0: guys are a lot of pain. Right. A lot of guys, I mean, even like me, man, I get a lot of headaches all the time. You that do. Stuff, you know. Okay. Um, okay. You know, and and the other guys a lot. Some of their guys are a lot worse than I am. A lot worse.
2: Where does Where does Vince McMahon stand in your mind as far as accountability towards the? Yeah. Um, the guys who've put in years and years to this business who are obviously suffering now—you know—does does he owe them something? This, and, this and is and what I say all the
0: time. You know, I, I have no animosity towards Vince whatsoever, none. Okay, okay. he helped me not, not take my my persona from a national level up mm-hmm. to an international level. Mm-hmm. He gave me, you know, I mean, he gave me a lot of merchandise you know I mean I got my action I got a ton of action figures I got all this stuff which I really appreciate was it
2: hard for you when you made the decision to be involved in the lawsuit against yeah, him I mean, it was hard Of course so there was a it's lot it's of soul searching yes
0: it's a big decision mm-hmm. Yes.
2: is Vince McMahon a bad person from what you know you from know, what you've seen this is what I say to
0: people Vince is a businessman and that's okay. plain and simple okay. he's a straight up businessman and he's going to make every everything through business that's what he's going to do like I, I, I say this you know So many guys in business hate him. I've never hated Vince, never, never will. Mm -hmm. I just wish he would have done more for guys of my era. Right. That did so much for him to build this business to bring it what it is at that time and what it is today.
2: How unfortunate do you think it was? Because at one point, from what I understand, you can correct me if it's incorrect what I understand, Jesse Ventura had almost gotten something started where there was going to be a union and, and Hogan supposedly squashed it or something like that. How, uh, how important do you think that moment was as far as the fate of, you know, so many wrestlers in the future? And do you wish there had been a union? And do you think there ever could be a union? There'll never be a union. Vince will never let happen. Just
0: like the UFC, Dana White will never let happen. There it is. It's the same thing. It'll never happen. There Vince gets one word of anybody doing it, they're gone the next day. He did it to... Uh, Brian Blair at the time. Brian had talked to Gene Upshaw and all them stuff in the union. And talked to the NFL union. And uh, next day, boom, they're gone. They so gone. so
2: at the end of the day, the only thing that could probably ever really happen that would make it happen is government intervention. Government intervention. Just like Just
0: like when all the guys had died before 40 years old. Right. They stepped in and said, hey, what's happened to all these guys dying before 40?
2: Right. All of a sudden,
0: there's a health and wellness program. Right. Overnight.
2: Right. Why did Vince never pull the trigger on you guys with the belts, Please. Any idea? I really don't have a clue. Um, was it ever discussed to you, like, hey, you guys are in line for the belts? Did you ever get the illusion that you were going to get the belts? Because, yeah. look, as a fan, this is BS. Yeah. No, they okay? talked to it. They talked to it, NASA. But, you know, it's
0: like I say, you know, at that time, man, I really didn't understand the whole business yet. I understand it a lot better now. Mm-hmm. At that time, I really didn't. And it was just a lot of things behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. A lot of them.
2: Okay. Why
0: were you guys split up? Really don't know to this day. What? No. How the just, what, what do you? Think? I, the, the biggest thing I heard is that one was going to work with Hogan, and yeah. the other ones work okay. with, with uh, Ultimate Warrior. That's what I had heard. Okay. Yeah, and I really never materialized. I did some shows with Hogan, which they were great. Man, we sold the places out. You know, and I only did a couple interviews for it, and boom, the places were sold. You know. And
2: How easy was it working with Hogan in the ring? Incredible. Okay.
0: The, the, to work with Hogan, you get out there, and you get in a ring. And here he comes out, all these flashes going off. He gets in the ring, and he walks around like he does. He rips that shirt off, and all you see is all these cameras going off everywhere. And you've got goosebumps. And everything goes black for a second. Like, wow. <laughs> this is incredible.
2: Describe is- his personality towards other wrestlers in the locker room. Was he, look, I, do- I really want to know, was he a locker room leader, or was he Hulk Hogan who came and went and did his business? Hulk was just one of the boys. What the one boys? of us that.
0: Yeah, he never he never acted different behind the scenes or anything else. Always one of us. All right, we have a question
3: from YouTube Land from Devious1. Okay, Woolhood, what is the craziest fight, if ever, you witnessed with Haku on the road? Hopefully. <laughs> I, you know, I never saw Haku get into no a fight. I did
0: see him at a bar in Baltimore. I was there that night with Tonga Kid. And he was normal, he'd been drinking just a little bit, not too much, and I looked at him and I said, I said how are you doing? I I'm doing good, brother. All of a sudden, a couple of seconds later, I see him, this place was jam-packed. It was called the Sephora at the time. And he made a V-line for this guy, straight through this crowd, went to the guy, grabbed him, bit his nose off.
2: What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Blood. Hold on, yeah. like in the whole I mean, nose, in the mouth, it, it spit was, it out. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was what happened to the nose? It was, I don't know. It was, <laughs> it was just blood coming down. <laughs> so
0: oh we boy. get him out of there. We take him back to the Holiday Inn we were staying at. And right away, try to get him up to his room. Okay, got him in his room. Come back downtown. Well, so, well Haku ain't going to stay in his room. He came out a couple minutes later to go to the bar there at the Holiday Inn. Well, here comes about 25 police cars Oy. Okay, up there. They all come running in. And it's like, guys, give him a minute. He go right now. He's going to fight. Okay? And he'll... Yeah, he ain't going to go down. Give him a couple minutes. He'll be cool. Enough. So it's kind of like, you know, remember the Blues Brothers in the in the elevator with the, the music going on, the elevator music? That's kind of like what it was at that time. Everybody's uh, music going on like that. As soon as that couple minutes went up, they went, went up to Haku. He turned right around, put his hands out, and that was it. You know? I'm hot. Haku was... Listen, he was, a, I tell you, he gave his shirt off his back. He, but he just didn't want to end up saying something wrong or be on his bad side one time.
2: So his reputation to is safe. He's oh, basically yeah. the toughest guy you've yeah, ever seen behind the scenes. He's and then barbarian right behind him. Barbarian right behind, right him. behind him. Right behind him. Oh, did yeah. you and Barbarian have a conversation with each other when you realized you were split up since there was no, you know, formal whatever? Or? We hated it. You we did. loved being
0: together. We We went together very well.
2: How long did it take you guys before you did wind up back together in the ring?
0: Um... Well after we left after we left there it was a, it was a couple years I had a I had a car accident that took me out for a while um some years mm-hmm. so it was probably about probably nearly about ten years afterwards.
2: you prefer wrestling as a single afterwards I mean did you go ah I don't miss tag team wrestling or
0: that's all I do is tag now yeah i, I don't want to. I how didn't, did you
2: feel when they did try the singles push for you
0: the singles the singles guys listen. I enjoy. I got. Listen, I got to work with some great people. I got to work with Tito Santana. Mm-hmm. I got to work with Jimmy Superfly Snooker. I mean, that was one of my idols when I was when I was uh, in college and that stuff. You know, um, of course, you know I got to work with uh, Brett Hayman which If you can't work with Brett, you deserve to be in the business. And also working with the Davy Boy Bridgewell, which we had great matches.
2: And on that, how about the memories of WrestleMania six and what's on him in general? Uh, Davy
0: Boy was a Davey Boy was a great wrestler. I mean, he grew up on wrestling. He grew up in wrestling in England, and he came over. And of course, he went up to uh, Stu Hart's place in Calgary. That's where he learned and all that. Um, he did his thing, and then also he got that big shot in the uh, WWF at the time. Davy Boy was Davy Boy could wrestle. Davy was to be a two hundred eighty-five pound guy that could move like he did, and everything he could do was he was incredible.
2: So, basically, after WrestleMania six, did you did you realize at the time that you know? you would be moving on or was there any indications that you would be moving on from the company or no how not really at that time no, no okay so how do we wh- where do we go to next after vince i mean what are your thought process or is it an accident that, that the accident you had derailed you or no it just um i went you know just after i was done there i
0: took a little time off i needed cuz you know for all those years you're traveling every single day people don't realize you know we're doing 320 shows a year we were on a jet to some different city every single day of our lives. Right. I mean, you just become a robot. Right. And I just wanted to get away from being a robot for a while and just get my life back together and get my thoughts and my mind back together. Um, So I took some time off and I went on and did start doing some uh, single stuff again. Um, Just some singles for independence and that stuff, you know, for a while. Um, But, um, yeah, just I just kind of moved on.
2: Describe the drug scene back in the day. How bad was it? Um... It was bad. Were you able to avoid it? Yeah, you were. Yeah,
0: listen, guys. I'm not like everybody. I don't cover. I don't think I ever did was steroids in my life. That's it. I'm not gonna lie. Look how big I was. Of course, right. Right. I'm not stupid, man. You know, right. Somebody got it. Anybody can see. They can look at somebody. You can tell somebody is or not.
2: How how bad were the side effects of steroids for you?
0: I never had any problems.
2: Okay. I never had any problems
0: at all. Okay. But you know, I'm not taking mega doses like you know, like some people do in that. And I'm also not mixing things. I mean, you can't take steroids. Then you take, uh, you know, you're you're taking, you know, 20 Percocets a day. You're drinking. You're taking stuff to take you down at night to make you rest. Your heart is up and down the entire time.
2: What was your busiest work schedule like when you were at the height of your career? How many days a week were you working? How many matches a week were you working? Well, I can give you one of my schedules over this few days here. I lived in Minneapolis.
0: I flew to Washington, D.C. for an afternoon show on a Saturday at the Cap Center did a show there had to go right back to the airport and catch a flight to Boston do the Boston Garden that night as soon as I got done there I had a 7 o'clock flight the next morning to fly to Denver did a 1 o'clock in the afternoon show in Denver that day right after that show I had to drive down to Colorado Springs do a show in Colorado Springs back to Denver that night to catch a flight to Seattle the next day had to do a show in the Tacoma Dome did that show went back to Seattle had to be down in Phoenix the next day for TV did a show in Phoenix. After that, I had to drive to Tucson. Did a TV in Tucson, and then back to Phoenix. From Phoenix to Dallas, did a show in Dallas the next day. And the next day, ended up in Madison Square Garden last night. You
2: didn't <laughs> in mention those two what, days. You didn't mention whatever pills you were taking to stay awake. What, what were those pills? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, was just, that was just loving the business.
0: That's exactly what it was. Favorite
2: match in your career? Um,
0: as far as uh, singles, um, Davey Boy. David boy, we clicked.
2: That we was clicked. it for you? That's, yeah. the, that's the pinnacle? Yeah, we clicked. We always ask this on the show, so don't smack me. Man, that would hurt. Uh, favorite favorite payday? Uh, what was your biggest payday? Was it WrestleMania 6? Yeah, res- last well, year it was WrestleMania 7. Was WrestleMania, seven. WrestleMania 7. Was that WrestleMania 7? Se- okay. WrestleMania 7. Okay. Yeah, favorite. that was the biggest one. How much? Anyway. That's what we asked. Um,
0: if I remember, I think it was 25. 25. Wow,
3: okay. We, we have another question. Yeah. Well, we have two, actually. One uh, from Big Bubba. Who was asking about the steroid trial and your testimony.
0: Uh, yeah, I was the second one understanding that. Um, you know, like I told him, I, I told everybody, you know, everybody did steroids at that time. The biggest thing I always said, though, when I said it, it I said, Vince is a promoter. Of course he loved you if you were bigger, and if he did something, whatever. But he never made you or forced you or told you you didn't have a job if he didn't do it. He had nothing to do with that. So everything was on what we decided to do
3: and what we did. The second one is from MAGA Twenty Twenty, who asked, "Is there anything that they ever asked you to do in ring that you refused to do?" Uh
0: yeah. Besides scaffolds, <laughs>
3: yeah. We already no, got that uh,
2: one.
0: I think it was one time. I think it was one time. Uh, cut my head, which no. I got to live with this face. I don't want my ears touched. I don't want my nose touched. I don't want my forehead touched. I got to live with this the rest of my life.
2: Thoughts on? Uh You got another one for me, brother? Excellent. Thank you. And thanks to the audience for the questions. Uh, Thoughts on when Mick Foley was thrown off the cage, forever changing, forever changing the business. Because what you just described, the the not wanting to blade yourself. I got to look at my face in the mirror every day. Foley obliterates that bar. And now you have kids and backyard wrestling starts. Any thoughts on when, you know, that all went down and thoughts on Foley?
0: Was that the was that the one in uh near Square Garden?
2: Where here uh, Undertaker threw him off the top Was that the, the one table. in Madison Square Garden? You know, no, no, no. uh, where was that? Pittsburgh ninety
0: eight. Pittsburgh nine yeah. Some bad stuff. Listen, Mick Mick, Mick one. you know listen, Mick like say Mick was like Dusty. He had unbelievable charisma. He could talk. I mean he was and you know, he, he didn't have to wrestle a whole lot, okay? It just wasn't his persona, that's not who mm-hmm. he was. Mm-hmm. But uh, he did some crazy stuff to get over. You know, he didn't have the body. He mm-hmm. did what it took to get over. And he had to do that crazy stuff. And, I mean, that stuff was insane, the stuff he was doing. I remember when I had heard that he did a, uh, I think it was Master. Square. if I remember at master's Square, his family was in the front row and his kids. Mm-hmm. And he came off that, the top of a cage and led in front of him, and, and his kids just started crying.
2: Right. And he right. basically
0: said, what I, what I understand, what I understood of it, he said, I'm done with doing that anymore. Because I saw my face of my kids afterwards and that was it. Right. That was it.
2: Right. So are you a fan of uh, the direction uh, the product has gone in as far as it's... It's become quite violent. I mean, it's, it's common now.
0: Well, because, you know, they they've, right now they're they're taking that new AWF right now. And look at them what they're doing. They're doing the same thing, the violence. Mm-hmm. They're doing the exact same thing. Thoughts
2: so Thoughts on MMA? UFC? I love MMA. Make you chuckle. it chuckle? Seems kind of like WWE
0: in some ways. Dana, if you look at it, Dana White has followed the same footpath that Vince has been following to a T.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Everything that Vince has done, Dana White does.
2: Would Warlord have
0: been a cage fighter? I would have loved it at the time.
2: Well, get a load of you. I would have loved it when hello I was you. young. Oh yeah, I would have loved okay. it. Thoughts on Tyson Fury? Bringing Tyson. boxing back. We're
0: talking yeah. about boxing. Look at this. Yeah, I, I was surprised. I really didn't think he'd win last week. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, really, type, no, I really yeah, didn't think Tyson would win. No, I just did because what's oh, um what was it? Wilder. Uh, Wilder? Wilder, Wilder. Sure, yeah. You know, he's just got—he's not a huge guy, but he's got such a hard punch. I really thought he might might catch one. Uh-huh. But Tyson Fury, listen, Tyson Fury did the right thing. He knew that Wilder is is thin, not a big guy for heavyweight. Uh-huh. So he put on—he packed on pounds. Yeah, and he yeah. knew he could absorb punches and everything else. Putting on those pounds, you can yeah. absorb a lot more. Yeah, and you're gonna have a lot more power behind you. So when you hit it's going to hurt that other person a lot more Tyson Fury dude, he did the right thing exactly to a T he did it right and he
2: got it done with, with yes. flash and substance and
0: Tyson Fury he's real good for that he, he, he takes a book out of wrestling mm-hmm. entertainment yep. he's a
2: great entertainer yep yep how do you feel about the e in entertainment and entertainment in WWE at this point? Do you think that wrestling is almost you know, is it is it disproportioned right now? Or does Vince have this right right now? Because it seems like it's more what? W- much more entertainment than it is wrestling. So you can't even say wrestling, by the way, yeah. don't you dare? Yeah. You know any any thoughts on that direction? Mm-hmm. Do you think they should go back a little bit more to the wrestling again? They won't. They, they won't. It's just a direction <laughs> they won't. It's not just a, it's a direction <laughs> they're moving ah, ah, ah.
0: in. It's what it is. They, they feel that the people just want to be entertained, right? And that's why they teach guys. They, they teach these guys to work, but they also teach them even more to talk now, even more so.
2: Prefer TV or house show when you're wrestling, when you're performing?
0: Um, I love, I love house shows. House shows are great. House shows, yeah, I love okay. house shows. Less pressure. Tell me why? Well, not, not just because less pressure. Or not somebody just enjoy okay. the house shows. I mean, TV's most of the time you're just going and squashing somebody. Mm -hmm. You're just pounding them boom, boom, boom (laughs)
1: throwing around like a little
2: like whatever, you know. And speaking of that when you actually had to go more than a few seconds how how important was was your look, you guys looked fantastic how important was your conditioning? Oh,
0: we were conditioned.
2: I mean, but how important was it at the end of the of course it was important to look that way but when you were having these short matches did your conditioning come through for you when you had to go longer? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, I could I could do whatever back then. It didn't matter. If you want to do 10, oh, 15 minutes, okay. 20 minutes, whatever, it didn't matter.
2: Wrestler with the most stamina you ever saw in the ring. Like, oh, my God, this guy could do this for three weeks. Was there any, any in, particular... In my time, Ric Flair. Ric Flair. Ric Flair. Okay. Like I
0: say, Ric could probably... I saw him do hour matches in NWA, and
2: he, boom, just like that. He could probably go two hours like Ivan. Same thing. Do you feel Hogan had more impact at the end of the day in on the business as far as dollars, bottom line dollars, than Flair? Because to me... Flair is both the, un, the ultimate entertainer and the ultimate in-ring wrestler. Yes. Hogan was the ultimate entertainer and a very serviceable for what he was asked to do yes. wrestler. Yes. So is Flair the greatest
0: or is Hogan? <coughs> Hogan's the biggest name of all
2: time. Uh, that's what I say. Always
0: be the biggest name the of biggest, all time. You
2: know, yes. okay, the biggest, you know. Biggest money producer ever will be. I think so. Yeah. Um, Flair's on his tails. He is on his Flair's tails. Flair's on his tails. So where do you put Flair when you talk about The Rock and Austin? Where does Flair go when it comes to The Rock and all? Because we know that Austin is certainly the Hogan of his time period. He has to be. Yeah. And The Rock is right there, up his heels, yeah. like, you, like you said. So where does Flair... Look, where, listen, where, where listen, is, that, is this like the best endless debate, basically, you can basically Yeah, do? well,
0: listen, Flair's... Look at what The Rock did. Look at Steve Austin. But then take a good look at Flair. Not only did he do in WWF, NWA. He did in every territory across the whole country. Mm-hmm. And the world. Mm-hmm. Puerto Rico, everywhere he went... You know, he did it. He did it. I mean, one year, I, I know I, I heard one schedule. He almost worked every day one year. He wasn't even home. He went and everybody wanted to have him in their territory to do shows because he was so good. Do you it think was incredible.
2: The, do you think the territory days would be better now?
0: I think it'd be great for it. I really do, because the guys would learn so much more. And also we'd have all these, instead of today where they come in the ring now, and they're basically all the same characters now. You'd have all these different kinds of characters come to the ring and work in all these different kinds of styles. Mm-hmm. Maybe get some healing baby faces out there again. Thoughts on the women's revolution? This ought to be good. Um, you know, at my time, we really didn't have pretty much wrestling. You know, the only one we really had was Sherry Martel, Medusa, things like that. Yeah, we didn't have much in my time, but boy, they were good wrestlers. Um, <clears throat> you know, the women's wrestling has come a long ways, and it's also a big draw now. It's, it's just like in uh, UFC. It's a huge draw. The women are at the top now in UFC. They, Dana White used to laugh about it. Fitz used to laugh about it. But they found out these women can draw.
2: Can someone overtake the WWE if they fall asleep at the wheel? No.
0: No. The Why? Name. Just that name recognition. When you see so, WWE, that's God.
2: So Cody Rhodes and the boys don't stand a chance? No. No, no. Interesting. I, listen,
0: I love what they're doing. I love it. They, they, listen, they, Interesting. Got a, they got a huge backer behind them. mm mm-hmm. um, You know, they got a lot of money, everything else and that stuff. Does it um, remind you of WCW? Yeah, it reminds me of it WCW. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah it does. Yeah, I, was, uh,
2: I wasn't imagining things. But if you still a... look at
0: the shows. WD was still, they have that, when you watch your show, it's still that glitz and glamour.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: AEW is good, but it doesn't have that same glitz and glamour.
2: Mm-hmm. It also has a limited roster. Yes, so until they expand that, I'm not really sure where they're going. Yeah, but
0: they got some great wrestlers. Young Bucks, all those guys, they got some great wrestlers.
2: Got any Andre the Giant memories by any chance?
0: <laughs> um, you know, a lot of people ask me about Andre, too, and that stuff. And I always tell you, man, this is Andre. If he loved you, loved you. If he didn't, run. That's always it with Andre.
2: <laughs> Did he love you? Um,
0: yeah, thank <laughs> God. Lucky you. Um, actually, this was, a, this was a good one one time. I was in a first-class seat. um, and uh, where were we were in wearing because because Northwest, I flew Northwest all the time, so I had that gold card. So I always got upgraded upgrade to first okay. class. So I'm sitting on the inside by the window, and there's one seat left in first class. Well, who gets on the plane at the very end? Andre. Mm-hmm. Now, you know in between, they get those big trays in between the first class seats. Mm-hmm. His hand was so big, he went to that tray, pulled it out, <laughs> just mm-hmm. his hand. Look at the stewards, He goes, stewardess. Stewardess can you please take this for me? Now I'm thinking, oh my God, Andre's going to sit next to me. Here I am, 330 pounds, Andre's 500 plus. So he sits down. Now, I got a big breakfast in the morning, so I just wanted to get whatever sleep I could. So they put some food on my thing, and Andre goes ahead, and I'm sleeping. He gives me a big chop on my chest. Pow! I mean, his hand took up my whole chest. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my God, he goes, boss, you want your food? Okay, Andre. Take whatever you want. That's cool. I mean, man, I can't breathe right now. That's how it was, man. I was, oh, my God. That, that, that's how big his hand was. The guy how was quick, that big.
2: How quick was Andre's temper?
0: Um, Andre could, uh, this is another good one, Duluth, Minnesota. Okay. Um, it was big John Studd and Andre doing a, they were doing an angle. John Studd didn't do the angle right.
2: He muffed it up. Did he step over the rope in front of him? Because um, I heard Andre didn't like him. Step- no, Andre on. didn't okay. like anybody
0: except for him. Okay. Listen, that's out of respect for Andre. Right. Andre's the only one that did that. Right. So, something happened in that match I went wrong for that angle. It just, all I know, it was 20 below zero outside of Duluth, Minnesota. What is it not? Yeah. And Oy. John came out, he ran down that aisle, grabbed his bag, didn't even put a shirt on yet. He says, I got to get out of here. <laughs> he ran to his car <laughs> in 20 below zero. Without well, 300 shirt, plus with, pounds with of him. 360 pound man. We're moving his ass Oh my God. And here comes Andre a couple seconds uh, later. Where's John? And I knew something happened in that ring. I knew it because
3: Andre was hot. Right. He was hot.
2: Right. Oh God.
3: We've got another question from the audience. We yes, have, sir. We have two. The first one is from Lenny, whoever Lenny is. Uh, Lenny asked, and I'm quoting, who was the biggest dick to you in the industry?
2: <laughs> get to the point, Len. <laughs> Sorry, no. Anyway, so nah?
0: You know that's that's what I, I really I, I really didn't have anybody <laughs> in that stuff. Everybody, I got along with everybody. I just did my own thing. You got oh. along with everybody.
3: Yeah, I just did my
0: oh, own no, thing. It's you.
3: And I just second, did my own thing. Second question is from Jack, who's asking about your bodyguarding. How did you get into it? And uh. Who's your favorite people to uh, look after?
0: Um, well, I, I bodyguard a whole lot of people.
3: Yeah, um, we gotta talk after the show. Yeah,
0: yeah. but uh you. of course, you know, <laughs> working for fifty cent, Curtis Jackson. Um, that was a lot of fun. Um, Curtis is a good good man. Good man. Doesn't drink, doesn't smoke, doesn't even tries to work out what he can, takes care of himself.
2: Says his prayers and eats his vitamins. Yes, very hard worker. Okay. okay.
0: And also Kimball Slice. Kimball was Kimble great. Slice. I love Kimball. Kimball is a, a great family man and probably the hardest puncher Ooh. I've ever seen in my life. Mm. Really? Yeah. Kimball. Student. Anyone difficult to work with? Mm, not not too much in that stuff. I mean, you know, like I said, everybody had their style. Um, as far as I can remember, really, I, I pretty much, you know, I was able to work with everybody. There's maybe one uh, NWA with Italian Stallion. <laughs> <laughs> Italian <laughs> you know, Stallion, Italian Stallion, a little bit. Yeah, um, but uh, no, everybody. It, it, was, it was all pretty good. Pretty good.
2: Okay. Keep the questions
0: coming, folks. Yes,
2: thank you, folks. The uh, the hard question to ask: Thoughts when Hawk passed? Mm. Did you see any warning signs over the years? Um, listen, Hawk.
0: Hawk was a person. He was. Uh, I got him because you know we're all from Minnesota. I loved Hawk. Hawk was great, um, but he had demons. Hawk had demons and those demons took him over a lot. Um, one time we were in, um, I believe it was Europe, and we are on a tour, and for four shows he didn't show up. He got caught with some biker gang, took him with some biker gang for a while. Mm. Um, when he got there to the show, he got to the show, went on a table and passed out, snoring away.
2: Was he you the know? type you could talk to, or was he the type, live and let live, it's his life?
0: I could talk to Hawk great. Right. I could talk to him great. Now, there, there's a lot of, you know, Hawk had animosity with other people, I know that. Right, but um, you know, he was a Minnesota guy, and all us Minnesota guys got along great. I loved Hawk. Hawk, Hawk was just one of those people, man. He would just, he he was Hawk. I mean, the way he could talk, the the lines yeah. he came out with, he just off the top of his head that he could do and so, I mean something were just great.
2: Were they your greatest influence, the Road Warriors? Yeah, it's sounding that way.
0: Yeah, Road Warriors. They were like I say, man. When I when I saw them and what they did, it was um, like I tell they they changed tag team wrestling.
2: You realize what a mark I am. I'm sitting there at home, like, rooting for you guys, and we go, why are they putting the belts on them, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, you guys are buddies hanging out at the bar. What's going on here? <laughs> this is a, What a mark I am, you know, Miller. Hey. We no. all are at some point. Yeah, no good, no good. How did you feel when your, your childhood company fell by the wayside? I mean, you grew up watching Vern's company. You grew up watching We're going to have Greg here in the studio soon. Yeah. Any thoughts when, you know, are you melancholy when you hear that the company's done with, or?
0: You no, know, just they just they weeded themselves out. I mean, they didn't keep up with the the signs of the times. Sign of the times was WWF. Right, that was it. Right, that's exactly what it was. Thoughts on Vern? Um, Vern, listen, Vern was a good wrestler. He had a he had a good company up there for for the time he was there. I mean, the old guys like the Crusher, all those guys. Mm-hmm. You know, he had a great company and that stuff. You know, but he just didn't keep up with the times.
2: What would make the warlord watch the product again? What would you like to see change?
0: Kind of bring back some of the old school stuff. I, I believe that what would be so unique if they could combine the old school and the new school together. You could have all those big big fancy How do you do that, there.
2: though? I mean, how are we doing that?
0: I don't know. Storyline number one? One or? that could do it could be Goldberg. He's an old school wrestler. Mm-hmm. He could definitely bring some of that stuff and everything else in uh put out some of the young guys doing all these those what, things. What's
2: more important, the character development, a good storyline, or a good in-ring match? Which is which is the most important factor between the two? I, believe all,
0: I believe all of it. Okay. I believe you have to have a good, strong character, but you also have a good storyline. Mm-hmm. They both go yeah, together. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Were your promos written for you back in the day? No. So you guys were going off the cuff. Yeah, Any I, thoughts I on still, the fact that everybody... Here, yeah, read this. Any thoughts on the fact that that's what... Uh, I, I can't
0: stand it. It's like doing... It's like being... Uh, like going to do in the movie part or something you can tell the difference can't yeah, you want you can tell happening. the difference yes
2: thoughts yes. on Roman Reigns Roman you must have some, um, some this I is who I'm talking about yeah. because you can, you can tell that they're ma- I don't want him to do that you can yeah. tell they're making a and listen that. Roman could talk I think so I mean, especially
0: coming from uh, you know
2: The Rock and all that stuff
0: Mm-hmm. and i know roma can talk mm-hmm. and i wish they would let these guys talk let them say their what they feel and that's what you want that's what the people want to hear mm-hmm. what comes from you not what comes from somebody on a paper that that thinks they know your character that they don't understand your character like you understand your character
2: what would be your guess if you could give me a percentage of how what's the percentage that Vince actually does listen to the fans is it 80 20 like he'll he'll hear it but most of the time he'll go eh shut up i mean i almost feel like it's 80 20 do you think he listens at all? Or is it basically a snick? Unless they force him like the Daniel Bryan thing far, forth Yeah, I think Bruce is pretty
0: much going to do just what he wants to do. So he does whatever he wants yeah, to do. Yeah, he can do that.
2: All right. Well, I want to thank you for taking your time with us today. Was thank you, man. freaking awesome. Appreciate Ladies you. and gentlemen, warlord from the powers of pain. And to my left, we have the mighty master of promotions, the master of VSS, Eric Sims. What's up, Eric?
1: No BS, you're cult hero, it's ESS, and we're back on the road once again, and this time the Warlord, you hear him here on the Monty and the Farrell Show, and later today, uh, 2 o'clock to 4 o'clock, we'll be at the Wrestling Universe in Queens, New York, and it's free, so show up, you get one item signed by for free by the Warlord, show up, come support the Wrestling Universe, and then tonight, TCW, Titan Championship Wrestling. The Warlord will be there. Here's a big match tonight. Come on down support this new brand at the, um, where is it at? It's in Totoa, New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> so Passaic Valley Elks I, I forgot my own goddamn plug. Yeah. Go, go, <laughs> go, go, Anyway, Passaic Valley Elks on Fellner place in Totowa New Jersey. The Warlord will be there. All of Titan Championship Wrestling stars and superstars will be there. Come out and support the brand. Six o'clock tonight, Titan Championship Wrestling. Who so, are you mauling tonight? You know, um, even he's, in a, he's in a big match What's against Steve Monster Mac. Monster so Monster that's Mac. a that's a huge Please. matchup. So show up and find out when these two titans collide with each other. Tonight, Passaic Valley Elks Lodge, in New Jersey. I'm going to be there, and so should you. And then anything else, ESS? ESSpromotions.com for everything ESS. And remember...
2: There's no BS with E-S-S. Thank you. Thank you, Eric. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to wrap it up. Now, don't forget, you can catch Monty and the Pharaoh every Thursday night here at Village Connection Network. That's at 8.05 Thursday nights, 8.05 TBS time. We are also available on Channel 115 on your Cablevision outlets. That's on Tuesday nights from 8.30 to 9. You can also catch us on Saturday mornings, Channel 115, from 6 to 6.30. This has been the Pharaoh with the Warlord. Till next time. Later.